Hello, everyone. This is Jay Dobbins, your host of the Marvel DC Universe Fan Club. We are now at episode 184, and I'll be doing my review on Avengers Endgame. So, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the Avengers Endgame movie, I strongly suggest you do not listen to this episode. You've been warned. So, um, the film takes place after the events of Infinity War, which is three weeks after Thanos used the Infinity Stones to disintegrate half of all life across the universe. Carol Danvers rescues um, Nebula and Stark from deep space. They return to Earth and join the remaining Avengers, Natasha Romanoff, Bruce Banner, Steve Rogers, Rocket, Thor, and James Rhodes. Using, Nebula, using Nebula's knowledge, they find an injured Thanos on an unguarded planet and intend, and intend to retake the stones to reverse his actions, but find he has already destroyed them to prevent further use. An enraged Thor beheads Thanos, of course. So five years later, Scott Lang escapes the quantum realm, you know, which, well, that that part takes place also after Ant-Man and the Wasp. But anyway, um, Anna meets Romanoff and Rogers at the Avengers compound. Lang, expe- uh, Lang explains that, the, that he experienced uh, only five hours while trapped, theorizing that the quantum realm um, allows time travel. So the three ask start to help them um, retrieve the stones from the past so they can reverse Thanos' actions in the present. But he refuses out of fear of losing his daughter, Morgan. After, take, after talking with his wife, Pepper Potts, Stark, uh, Stark relents and works with Banner um, who has merged? Sorry, who has merged uh, his intelligence with the Hulk's body to stabilize um, travel? Sorry, to stabilize travel in the quantum realm. Um, Banner and Rocket go to the Asgardian refugees' new home in Norway. Also, well, new Asgard, pretty much. Uh, to recruit a drunken, overweight Thor. Uh, so Romanoff heads to Tokyo to recruit Clint Barton, now a ruthless vigilante following the disintegration of his family. Uh, Banner, Rogers, Lang, and Stark travel to New York City in 2012. Uh, Banner visits um, the Sanctum uh, Santorum, sorry, Santorum, and convinces the Ancient One to give him the Time Stone, promising to later return the stones to their original place. So Rogers successfully re- uh, retrieves the Mind Stone, um, so, but Lang and Stark fail to retrieve the Space Stone after Loki escapes with it. Rogers and Stark travel to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters in 1970 to and steal an earlier version of the Space Stone as well as vials of Pym particles from Hank Pym, then return to the present. 
Um, Rocket and um, Thor travel to Asgard in 2013 to retrieve the Reality Stone from Jane Foster. And Thor obtains his former hammer, Minnar, Min, uh, Minnar, um, on Monrag in, in 2014, Nebula and Rose steal the Power Stone from Peter Quill. Uh, sorry, before uh, Peter Quill can. So um, Rhodes returns to the present with the Power so with the Power Stone, while Nebula is unable to return due to her cybernetic implants interfacing with those of her um, 2014 self. So um, through this connection, the Thanos from that time learns of his future success and the Avengers' attempts to undo it. Thanos captures uh, present-day Nebula and sends 2014 Nebula to the present. And uh, Barton and Rovanoff travel to um, Bormir in the same year and learn, the soul and learn from the Soul Stone's keeper, a Red Skull, that it, can that it can only be required by sacrificing someone they love. Romanoff sacrifices herself, allowing Barton to claim the Soul Stone. After retrieving all the Infinity Stones, the Avengers create a gauntlet using Stark's armor to harness them. Um, which Banner uses to restore those whom Thanos disintegrated. 24 Team Nebula uses the time machine to transport Thanos to the present, and he attacks the Avengers compound, planning to remake the universe from scratch with stones. Uh, Present-day Nebula convinces the 2014 version of her sister Gomorra to turn against Thanos and kill, uh, and kills the 2014 version of herself. A restore Stephen Strange um, arrives with his fellow sorcerers, um, the restored Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as the armies of Wukonda, Asgard, and the Ravagers. They fight Thanos alongside Danvers, but Thanos seizes the stones after overpowering Thor, Rogers, and Danvers. Um, Stark steals the stone, sorry, steals the stones back and uses them to disintegrate Thanos and his army, but is mortally wounded as a result. Following Stark's funeral, Thor appoints Valkyrie as the King of New Asgard and joins the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Quill begins searching for 2014 Gamora. Rogers returns the Infinity Stones and Memnior, sorry, Memnior, um, to their original places in time, then chooses to remain in the past to marry Peggy Carter and, well, also known as Agent Carter, and live out the rest of his life. Um, in the present, an elderly Rogers passes the passes on his shield to Sam Wilson. So um, I'm going to give this movie a I would say a nine out of ten, and I'll explain why. Um, the movie was good, but it wasn't perfect. The writing was the writing was cool. You know, it was interesting. Um, the time travel thing, 
Um, I guess it made sense in a way, but I feel like, you know, it was a little, shoot, how can I say it? Using the quantum realm as time travel, that's pretty much new to me. I mean, I've read, I haven't read any of the modern comics, but I had a feeling that the quantum realm did, was going to take a, um, I know that the quantum, I knew that the quantum realm was going to play a significant role in the Avengers in-game film, so, but I just figured, hey, they use it as time travel. So, but, um, what was weird as far as the time travel part is that Nebula, you know, Nebula killed the 2014 version of herself, but yet she didn't die. But I guess it was because those two were connected. So I guess, you know, if they killed each other, it wouldn't affect one another. But, um... You know, I know going, you know, five years. Oh, and by the way, um, I was very surprised. There were like three of the most epic parts in the film were the part where Thanos knocks um, Captain Marvel into next week, pretty much by using the Power Stone. Pretty much knocked her off the screen. As a matter of fact, she didn't come back into the fight, and you don't see her until Tony Stark's funeral. So, yeah. That part saying that, you know, where she says the part where Kevin Feige and Brie Larson say that Thanos is, is, sorry, not Thanos, is that Captain Marvel is stronger than Thanos. No, that's no longer accurate. Now, however, when Thanos headbutted Captain Marvel, it didn't phase her. So, you know, she was putting a whoop on him, but then she, but then Thanos came back on her with that power stone. So. But, um, yeah, I say that part was the most epic in the film. I would definitely rewind that over and over again. So, but yeah, when, well, after what I just saw, Thanos overpowering Captain Marvel, obviously, that's not, you know, obviously, Ken Feige's information of, Captain Marvel being stronger than Thanos is no longer accurate. So, yeah. And now, I'll, hopefully, I'll have to hear Brie Larson talk crap about being strong. You know, her character being stronger than Thanos, which is great. You know, Ugh. but anyway, you know, she's cocky and arrogant anyway, and Captain Marvel showing herself to be cocky and cocky and arrogant. And then on top of that, she comes in right after. The Thanos' big ship just shooting up everybody. Because, oh, another thing too. I think that Scarlet Witch is stronger than Captain Marvel, honestly. And that's because she was pretty much, she's the one that pretty, so was pretty much overpowering Thanos to where Thanos had to use the big gun. So, and of course, Captain Marvel shows up, you know, later on. But anyway. Um, that, uh, oh, the second most epic part of the film is when Captain America was able to wield Thor's hammer. People went crazy in that film. And people went crazy in the theater. They were like, oh my God. One guy was like, what the, mm, you know? So I was like, and I was pretty much shocked. And then my cousin told me his heart dropped when that happened. So I was like, wow. I was very surprised that that happened. 
you know, so now pretty much two people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe were able to wield Thor's hammer. So, well, actually three, you know, Odin, because Odin is the one that created the thing in the first place. So, yeah, so three characters, Odin, Vision, and Captain America, were the only three Marvel characters to ever wield Thor's hammer. So, um, but I like how they were able to bring back previous characters from Winter Soldier. Um, you know, like Crossbones, um, was it Alexander Pierce, Agent Sitwell, so that was cool. And what was funny was that, um, Captain America easily was able to obtain the um, the scepter, which contained the Mind Stone. So, you know, all he had to do was just say, Hail Hydra. And everybody was thinking, oh, hey, Captain America's Hydra? Oh, let's give him the, we, we have to give him the, the um, Infinity Stone. So, but anyway, you know, a lot of people thought that was pretty funny because Let's not forget, you know, when in Winter Soldier, Shield, well, Shield was Hydra, pretty much. But you know, anyway, um, so that's well, I'm I'm gonna add that as the most epic part number four. But epic part number three was the fight between Iron Man, Thanos. Uh, sorry, yeah, um, yeah, Iron Man, Thanos, Thor, and Captain America. I ain't gonna lie. Um, Thanos was putting the whooping on him pretty much. I mean, he is an he was an expert in hand to hand combat. He always counterattacked, countered everything, you know. And um, he was also a expert tactician. So, kudos to Josh Bolin and Thanos. So, but um, yeah. So that was those were good. And I like how you know everybody was came together, you know, to face, you know, face off against Thanos in his army. So I like how that, you know, I wouldn't say it was most epic, but we already knew that was going to happen at some point. But most epic parts were Thanos knocking Captain Marvel in the next week, um, Captain America wielding Thor's hammer, the fight between Iron Man, you know, between um, Thanos, Iron Man, well, you know, Iron, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor against, you know, Thanos. And, of course, Captain America's Hell Hydra moment. So, and then, oh, there were some things that I didn't like about the film. Like, for example, the, the Soul Stone being, you know, and how can I say it, an everlasting exchange. Like, once you sacrifice somebody you love, ain't no way of undoing it. That's why they call it an everlasting exchange. So a soul for a soul, pretty much. So there's two people. Only one of them walk away with the soul stone. So, yes, Black Widow's death would make me very angry. And the fact that they couldn't undo that part, you know, that's the only thing they couldn't undo. Is anyone who was sacrificed to get the soul stone. Oh, and let's see. Nothing that bothered me. The stones almost killed Thanos when he used them. But then when Iron Man used them, it killed him. But it didn't kill Hulk. So he should have gave the Infinity Gauntlet to Hulk to do, you know, 
make it, you know, do the final blow. You know, snap his fingers, disintegrate Thanos' army, that type of thing. And I'm thinking, why didn't, and another thing too, he was, Iron Man was wounded, so why didn't he have his helmet on? You know? When doing it. So, yeah. Um, and another thing too. People, you know, everybody's been gone for five years. You know, it's been five years since Thanos did his thing, you know. So after five years of being disintegrated and, you know, disappearing from the earth, you know, Peter Parker and Ned are going or back in high school. And I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, you know, I think they were freshmen during the time of Spider-Man Homecoming. So I'm thinking... You know, why are they back in school? You know, why are they back in school? You know, they're probably, shoot, probably like 20 years old now. I mean, come on. So that part bothered me. But um, what else? Uh, trying to think. But yeah, actually, I ain't going to lie. The movie had a lot of plot holes in it. So there's a lot of plot holes for the MCU. Because the Avengers Endgame movie created a massive, well, actually, yeah, the Avengers Endgame did create massive plot holes for the MCU. So, you know, there's a, this this movie does have me asking a lot of questions and some parts do have me scratching my head. So, like, you know. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh yeah, so he wipes out half the universe, of course, and you know fans wondered how you know Marvel Studios were able, you know, would be able to bounce back, you know, from this, and all it took was a little ingenuity, you know, which was the quantum realm. And the wherewithal of, sorry, to to traverse the space-time continuum. So I, I thought that part was, you know, I, I thought they could have created a time machine. But, you know, they actually they created a time machine, but I didn't think they would use the quantum realm for that. But I had a feeling that, you know, the quantum realm was going to take, you know, was going to play a significant role in the Avengers Endgame film, but just not, you know, time travel. So, uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else. So, yeah, the biggest problem, of course, is that the fact that half of the galaxy's population was brought back five years after the snap. So, that means that the events of Thanos snaps are not undone. That's what pretty. That's what it pretty much means. You know, it was undone, but at the same time, it's not undone because, you know, but yeah. So the you know that means, but having half of the popul half of the galaxy's population brought back five years after the snap. So yeah, that definitely means that the events of Thanos' steps, you know, were not undone, and the world is forced to deal with these people's returns. Sorry, these people's return more than five years after they disappeared. So you know. I'm trying to think. 
you know, there was really, you know, there was not really a whole lot of action in the film, so I had a problem with that too. You know, only time you actually see action is when everyone's gathering to, you know, at everyone comes together to face, you know, Thanos and his army. So, but, um, you know, like I said, it was more. It, it showed more. It was more of a story thing than action. I mean, I mean, Infinity, Infinity War had more action than Endgame. So, you know, I wouldn't say that Endgame was better than Infinity War. But Infinity War was better than Endgame, to be honest with you. So, but yeah, um, so the direct, so directors join Anthony Russo were adamant in saying that the film will not be undone, promising that the stakes of Avengers Infinity War will continue to have an impact in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So they weren't lying, pretty much. Um, but yeah. So. I was thinking, like, okay, you know, I'm thinking they could they could have done they could have done something differently, but I'm trying to think, uh, what else could they have done? Oh, and oh, another thing too, like the final scenes of the Avengers in-game attempt to. Um, paint a picture for the broader world, of course, but that will likely be fleshed out in future films. And after all, Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man: Far From Home is set to come out, in you know, in just a couple of months. So, but yeah, another thing too, you know, the end of the film shows Peter Parker meeting with his best friend Ned in the hallway of their high school, heavily implying that Ned was missing for that period in time as well. Um, but Ned cannot, you know, be the only one, as the trailers for the Spider-Man Far From Home um, movie have shown the kids on vacation with, you know, many other classmates. So, but yeah, also this uh, excuse does allow for new blood to be injected into the cast, but... It's uh, but it is kind of suspect that Michelle and you know, aka MJ, Betty, Flash, and all the major players of the films managed to survive the Thanos snap, and are still just spending their time, you know, in high school. So, yeah, I thought that part was weird, but you know, anyway. But um, I guess that's pretty much about it. The writing was. I think the writing, you know, I say the writing was fair. I, I think they could have done it differently, but, um, you know, like I said, it was good, but it was, but it wasn't perfect. Because if it was perfect, I wouldn't be asking a lot of questions, and I wouldn't be scratching my head on certain scenes of the film. So, but um, anyway, I'll be doing a future panel. Well, not panel, but I'll be going one on one with Ken, uh, Conrad again. You know. But this time we're going, you know, I want to hear what he has to say about the film. So, but um, yeah, and that concludes this uh, review. Feel free to visit us and like us on Facebook. We're available on iTunes, Google Play Music app, Spotify, and of course YouTube.